podcast cancelled this week? Yep. Why's the podcast cancelled this week? Coronavirus, isn't it? Yep. Bloody coronavirus. Oh, coronavirus. coronavirus happened. Uh, podcast cancelled. Yeah. If you're listening to this, you shouldn't be. You should it's been not canceled. be. You're at risk of infection right now. Yep. You'll get it down the wire. Mm-hmm. You'll get coronavirus down the wire. Did you know video games are made of coronavirus? Yep. You've got this to... is the problem. You're putting yourself at risk needlessly. You've got to wash your console in soapy water for 20 seconds. Honestly, probably 30 um and you, while, while you're at it just wash yourself in soapy water wash for yourself seconds it couldn't hurt wash yourself right i love that after years of having done this podcast entirely by remote the minute the minute <laughs> we can get a few of us in a room to do it that's when the outbreak starts it's fitting right well i mean i'm not saying that, that we started the coronavirus but we didn't help it I'm not denying that we caused the coronavirus. I'm not denying that. What's the listener doing about coronavirus? Like, we're here every week. I was really sick last week, not with coronavirus, but flu, which is, let's face it, worse. Um, I mean, it is worse. And Don't look at a, me like that, not Justin. Not from a global economic perspective at the moment, but otherwise, yes, I you're mean, correct. I it... mean, the biggest victim of coronavirus is capitalism. Oh, the obviously. biggest victim of the flu was me. Mm-hmm. So, where's the human cost? I mean, I also had the flu. Ah, I also what? had the flu. What? What? I, I, I did last week. The what? The flu. What We're talking you? about the coronavirus. Where is this voice coming from? <laughs> I don't know. Someone, someone who may or may not have coronavirus is in this room. <laughs> Quarantine oh, no. the podcast studio. Were you cleared? Were you scrubbed down? Were you blasted by a hose like Rambo in Rambo? Am I the only person who's going to survive the the episode this week? Is that where we're at? I think you're, because you're in a remote, sterile location. Yeah. uh, Because it's just you and a roller derby game in there. And... (laughs) Can I just say, I... I legitimately have been considering there is a place in London that will infect you with coronavirus for three and a half grand if you stay there for two I weeks heard and that. Like, they inject you. And I looked at it and they were like, they have internet and they're totally okay with you remote working from the coronavirus tent. So it's like four and a half I grand could... in the US, Conrad. Conrad's yeah. eyes have lit up. I'm like, I, how... I honestly am looking at it like I could do with that money and I could totally record this podcast from a coronavirus tent. My question is, can I get there and then get back here with it? Because that's that's the key. Like, yeah. if I could just no, confirm you, you, that I have you, coronavirus, you have to... I will start a nationwide tour of our country's nursing homes. It, it, you have you have to stay in London with the virus for two weeks. Sorry. Damn it! I thought I thought Great Britain was here to solve all of our problems. I just want to say for the record that I <laughs> I don't condone coughing on the elderly. That's my personal philosophy. Is and I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm just saying I'm not condoning and, coughing on uh, the elderly. And for comrade, those, comrade, yeah. I thought. I thought you were going to go somewhere very different. I thought you were going to go on a tour of coughing on, you know, capitalists. But what's the difference? Let's face it, everyone in a nursing home is to blame for If they can afford the a nursing things. home, yeah, we've got a problem. Plus those fuckers vote. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so anyway, podcast But I'm not going to cough on anyone. I just want to make that clear. I'm not going to cough. I'm just going to touch everything. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm a couple grand. Couple grand for coronavirus. Forgetting it. Ain't bad money. No. If I, I mean, know, if right? you're above the age of 60, that's relatively risk-free. Yeah. Relatively. They're looking for people specific. Well, to be to, in their defense, it's a weaker version of the virus, and they're only giving it to people who are like, you're probably going to be fine. You're yeah. probably in one of the groups that will be fine. And I'll take those odds sure. because when I breach my lease, I'm going to need that money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I have goodness. nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yeah. So. I mean, really, we're quids in. Coronavirus could be very good for us. That's right. <laughs> um, not so good for. for industry um oh. but for our business small business is yeah. gonna thrive in this environment oh we could really clean up which people should be doing anyway so they don't get coronavirus <laughs> this is a fun bit we've done we, this has been a great bit we've we've <laughs> talked about essentially murder um <laughs> we've 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 made some topical satirical gags about the coronavirus. very satirical gags the world needs to laugh again. I mean, that's what Patch Adams taught us. <laughs> You've got to have a giggle. We're just going to... That's what we need to do. We just all walk around with face masks that have red noses on the front. And then it's solved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But then I thought the people in charge did that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking clowns. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm still full of fluids from being ill last week. So I'm coughing a lot. Um, we got that an email. That is not your preference on being no. full of fluids. No. Uh, if you're going to be full of fluids. Come. Yeah, you don't want them in your lungs. Come up the bum. Right, exactly. Come up the bum. I mean, I've always felt that, that I should be young, dumb, and full of cum. <laughs> um, that's where I'm at in my life right now. Is is One out of three ain't bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've just got to get that cum. Um, pretty much what where is, where I'm focused what is, right now what is, is this week's locating oh. come. <laughs> that's the that's the challenge. <laughs> yeah, point is that's pretty much come. it. I was going to add a second point, but <laughs> point one's fine. What is this? So position. I've had a bad week last week. Mm -hmm. Well, it and was a bad one. Bad highs and lows. Highs and lows. Very tired week. I got ill on Monday. We saw, we talked about that last week. In hospital with the flu. Thank you very much. Took ages to get seen. Because 90% of the people in there thought they had coronavirus. That's socialized medicine, isn't it? Causing all these lines. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I like that I'm in America. Because when you pay for healthcare, you, you get quality. Right. Yeah, yeah. In 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 the UK, sure it was free, but it wasn't the best service in the world. Come to America though, and you don't even need to pay for a euthanasiaist. You can just send anyone to the hospital, and they'll come out fucking dead. American healthcare is shit, is what I'm saying. American <laughs> healthcare is shit, and and I pay for it now. Anyway, welcome to our video game podcast. We'll get to video games, don't worry. We'll, <laughs> listener, precious, we'll get there. We'll get there, my pet. Don't we have you worry. some complaints to, we got, to lodge see, first. We've got a list of complaints I'm, and grievances. I'm fully with both of you on doing these complaints, but I have to say, the his, you know, do the thing that yeah. suggests we're going to do video games. 
because then someone has done it. Okay, so capitalism sucks, right? Capitalism sucks, right. So I was really sick. Um, I've lost so much money <laughs> on medical stuff and moving and all, all of this. And Thank you for the Patriot support. More. Thank you so much for the Patriot support because, yeah, set to lose a bit more. Um, I'm not... Luckily, I had, I'd saved up. I'm not that stupid with my money anymore. So these days, I had, I've got enough to cover. But it was very expensive. Couldn't take time off work because I'd already taken off. Well, to say, quote, taken off. I mean, I'd lost a lot of time with the move and then other medical things. Um, so I really did not feel I could afford to take the time. So I worked through the flu, which like I shouldn't do. have done. You should not do that, listener. I'm, I'm a big advocate for just being asleep all the time when you're sick. And... Even I make myself do that, but I just, I needed to get some shit Well, done. and if you're working from home, it's so easy to just keep working. It's not like you yeah. have to go into an office and infect all of the other people around you. you Unless still you have work the in a nursing home. Well, then and, you... And then that's the goal. Go into right. work, put yeah. a brave face on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. I was getting a bit better, but I had a gig on saturday mm -hmm. had a booking on saturday up to pittsburgh rise wrestling so we took the train didn't we we did took the train lovely and that was the best day of my life laura yeah yeah the best day of your life was getting on a nice train was being on a train for eight hours or whatever it was is this because you had no choice but to not work for eight hours yes no work <laughs> barely even looked at twitter i listened to the wall in its entirety, which I've not done since I started working real jobs and not had time to listen to albums, yeah. uh, much less concept ones, and take on board their themes. I ain't got time for themes. So I listened to yeah. all the wall, took on board its themes, and caught up on the Parapod episodes that had come out new that I missed. There's a little cafe cut. I walked down there and got a Coke. It was in business class, <laughs> so the Coke was on the house or on the train. Literally and figuratively. I, I mean, there's a reason I like traveling so much. I like having the excuse to have a few hours where it's just, there's nothing to do but just catch up on things that I wanted to catch up on and not make yeah. something. And that's quite nice. So you'd think, you know, with a gig coming up, got that book in. We we went on Friday. Give myself some time. Go on Friday. Show on Saturday. Take it easy is what you should do before the show. I thought, instead of taking it easy, what I should do is train. So I did that instead of taking it easy. So I was in the ring, dropping legs and, and practicing strikes. And Conrad got in the ring. I did. I got into the ring. He's very excited about this. You should see the shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> He's just thrilled. He, he, he couldn't come round on Wednesday. Conrad couldn't come round on Wednesday to watch AEW Dynamite with me. He watched it on his own. Conrad's watching wrestling on his own, and I'm so happy. It's, yeah. It, you know, I here's the thing. I respect storytelling, and I appreciate creative mediums for storytelling. And yeah. god damn it if wrestling doesn't afford some fantastic opportunities. I mean, 
when when it's done right, wrestling. I've said this for years. Wrestling is just live action anime. Oh yeah, redneck anime. That's what I call it <laughs> yeah. during promos sometimes. And I mean, it's great for that. It's when it's done right, it's just ludicrous, over the top storytelling with you know some drama and action thrown in. And I can't object to that. It's great. I mean, even the even the <laughs> subtleties of it are really interesting to me. Uh, who who is the the one that's that has the alcoholism subplot going? Adam on? Page. Adam Page. This is incredible incredible what they're doing with him like it's really good for months they have just been taking every opportunity anytime he's seen he's got a beer in his hand every time he finishes a match the crowd gives him their beers which okay we got to remember that these are fucking arena shows that is a 15 dollar beer yeah these mm. people fucking love this man oh adam page is so over they love him so much and you can tell because they are willing to give the remaining three quarters of their 15 dollar beer to adam Ooh. page just so he and can adam page is so brave he's drinking massive amounts of other people's beer during a coronavirus <laughs> pandemic that's how over he is yeah and uh, this last one, yeah, he's, I mean, his arms are loaded up with beers. Mm -hmm. Loaded. He's got half a dozen cans in his hand, a couple of open cups. As he's walking out, another guy holds out his can so he can pour the remainder into an open cup. And I don't know if the audience realizes what they're doing here with the story, how they're affecting it. But they are the enabling force that is allowing this man to descend into an alcoholic mm -hmm. nightmare. If, if they know what they're amazing. doing, if they know what they're doing, and so far I've seen no evidence because Dynamite's a terrific show, a heel is going to point that out. Yeah. A, heel, a heel can go to town on how the audience has enabled this guy. Because it, it started off as a laugh. I mean, I was there during their Mississippi show. And it was great. Everyone's chanting cowboy shit. He's in the audience getting beers, but it's just gotten darker and darker. It's very good stuff. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's been a it's been a progression, which is you know because I mean it would have to be, but it's such a nice slow progression that you see it creeping into the storyline, and you're like, oh, and they're not that subtle because it's still wrestling, yeah. but it's it's there. You know, when they compose their uh, up to now, here's the story. You know, segment reels. And you just start to see it pop up everywhere. And you're like, oh, they really are actually working this. This isn't just, oh, this is a fun thing that the wrestler does on his way out. They are serving a purpose. And yeah. I really respect it. My question is, and this is, this is going to be one of the things I'm always going to wonder, is if this was a thing that they had had in mind at a point or if it just sprang up organically because of the crowd interaction. And either way is brilliant. One of them is how the fuck could you have foreseen that? And the other is way to go for seizing an opportunity when it appears well, in front of one you. one of the fun things about wrestling, and I will stop talking about wrestling, listener, don't worry, um, is that it's so audience dictated. Mm -hmm. Saturday night, I had some set plans. Oh, yeah, you did. You had changed. a very different direction you were going to go with stuff. Yeah, because the audience... They would just... not have let you do the other thing. No, frankly. no, the audience was not letting me do much that night yeah um saturday was one of my best nights from a performance standpoint they fucking hate me in pittsburgh now they fucking hate me. i fired their favorite wrestler <laughs> their favorite wrestler well had to done. leave so i fired him i went up there and i sung <laughs> i sung the moody blues at him um people in the audience begging please keep him please keep him 
Um, and yeah, yeah, so that was fun. But Saturday night was basically one prolonged asthma attack broken up by performances. <laughs> the moment I put the... Like, I'd already gone too far with the practicing earlier and enjoying watching Conrad run the ropes and, and stomp and everything. That was that was very fun. Um, once I put that suit on, because that's some tight, thick fucking spandex, it just gripped the chest. And then, yeah, asthma attacks all night long um, while coming out there and yelling and singing. So that was fun. We've, I've also got a new minion, someone in a full-on silver suit, looks like Lube Man from Watchmen. Uh, head to toe, face covered and everything, full silver. Um, it does look like I've got a little sex friend <laughs> with me. Um, someone, one of the, the wrestlers backstage, when, when I sent the minion out, just turned to me, this guy, Troy Lords, who, to give you context, <laughs> comes out covered in glitter and makeup, lipstick, the whole thing, the very flamboyant, gorgeous George kind of thing. Yeah. And he turned to me and pointed at the silver gimp and said... Was that your doing? <laughs> Almost exhausted. <laughs> from what part of your mind did that come from? Of all people, it, it, it was really the source made yeah. that. Cause... So Saturday was a good laugh. Um, I, I had a nervous breakdown, which I was very pleased with. The, the In character, that's, I should say. Sterling Sterling had a villainous breakdown. Um We've been trying to get the belt off this guy for months, and he keeps escaping no matter what I stack against him. So I had a complete breakdown because he won again after a handicap match with my own handpicked ref. So I just collapsed on the floor screaming, he's just one man, while Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham and my silver sex friend uh, picked me up and, and helped me to the back while I was crying and laughing at the same time. So that was all good. Sunday, back, back home. Not as much fun that, that on the way that back. train ride. Because I was really tired and sick and covered in sweat and bad. Um, and then slept Monday, Tuesday, almost all day. And that brings us here. Um, I'm very sorry that we've been going for a thousand years and we've not talked. To, even for me, I know this has gone on long. But it was a really I long, mean, busy week. I did try and say the video game phrase and no one could shout at no, me. No, I mean, you've done you've done exemplary, much. Yeah, yeah, no, this is I mean, entirely I'm, our doing. I mean, I'm so video game focused, I'm playing a video game while you talk about your, your uh, wrestling. As you should. As everyone listening should. Yeah? What's that yeah. game you're playing? What are you playing? I'm, I'm playing the Alpha for Roller Champions, which is that Ubisoft uh, roller derby kind of video game that they... Uh, Announced back at E3, mm. and we'll get to E3 talk in a bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Last year's E3, they put out like a three-day demo for this, and it was 100% my jam because I love real-world roller derby. Wait, hang on. Your is... jam? You mean like the that's... roller derby term? That's, that's a term from roller derby. What does jam um, mean? Uh, a jammer it's... is one of the players on the team, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, the, the jammer is the point scorer. They're the one that has to go around and go like, I want to stop earning points now because I think I have enough and I don't want to lose them. Laura, They're I... that person. They're oh. like your, your soccer striker, I guess. I They do the points. Laura, I want a jam sandwich. You want a jam sandwich? Oh, the jam sandwich. I, I mean, I'm, hungry. I'm not going to stop you having a jam sandwich. <laughs> I can't uh, have a jam sandwich. There's no jam sandwich in the room. That's um, the problem. If I was at home, I, well, I couldn't have a jam sandwich, but I've got bread and egg salad. It's kind of a so, jam. 
So how's that Roller Champions? Right. Yeah. So Roller Champions is basically Roller Derby. It takes a couple of creative liberties with things like uh, the, the point scoring system. Rather than trying to lap your opponent, you're trying to get a ball through a hoop. But it's the same basic premise in that once you are in the lead as the point scoring player, you're trying to make loops of the track without the other team like taking, basically taking your momentum. I put like, my ball through a hoop after I lapped someone. <laughs> um yeah the main thing that's different in this demo they put out today that's like up for the next 10 days or so is basically character customization that's finally in there which if anyone knows anything about roller derby that is a really fucking important part of the sport is just customizing what you look like everyone always looks different on court um oh and then, you know there's i mean it's a thing you know you develop a character yeah. if you're a derby performer yeah, yeah, it, that's the thing. Is it's it's not quite on the level of wrestling, but it's in that same sort of thing of like you have a you have a character name, you have a skater name, you develop your look, you have sort of a personality on track. Like when I'm on track, I'm I'm the blue bomber on track, which is always fun. But um, yeah, the, the only other roller derby person I know, she goes yeah. by the name Ginger Snap, and she's got red nice. hair. Have Have you always got to name yourself after your hair? <laughs> I mean, if you have an unusual hair colour, that'll usually end up in the derby name. Gotcha, gotcha. Because yeah. she's a nurse it, as it, well. I thought that might have been part of it. But Can I say, there, 100% there are like two main ways you get a derby name, which is some kind of name around your hair colour, or your actual name made into a pun. Like, can you... T uh, like, I could be Laura Awesome, if I could make Laura and Awesome into one word, perhaps. You know, you smush two words together and go, that's a thing. Yeah, gotcha. I uh, had it... I had a friend in uh, Phoenix who was a derby girl who went by the name Dee Dee Capitator. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And there that's, was that's very much a derby name. Yeah, and she there was another uh, another one that she competed with who I think went by something Bonnie or whatever. They did they had a pirate themed team, and yeah. it was yeah, it was good times. So uh, the the character creation that's in this demo. Mm -hmm. um, interesting positives um there's no male or female selector in the character creator you have skin tones various body shapes and some of them definitely are more traditionally feminine than others but like you pick a body type and i'm quite impressed with the, the starting variety of body types like you've got everything from very very scrawny twig-like limbs characters to i am built like a brick shit house and like wide and square and then you've got like lots of shapes in between. Um, there's a really nice variety of that. Um, one thing that's weird is that there's no hair selection. And that's really strange to me. Huh. No hair. Um, yeah. All characters are either bold or they've shoved their hair up inside their helmet so you can't see that they have hair. Well, it's hard to animate, isn't it? But, like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty certain, when the demo, like, back at E3 last year happened, there were characters with hair. Well, yeah, because it doesn't work. Because how will people name themselves after their hair colour? That's the yeah. point. We just established this. We, we will get there in a second, because I can already see where the monetization in this fucking game is going to uh, be. So, yeah. um, there is, a, there is an in-game store that you can use to get, you know outfits for your character different like different skates different shirts uh there is one hairstyle in there currently 
that comes with glasses. You don't have a choice about that. If you want the pink hair, you, it comes with glasses. Um, but some of these items in here, like, they're all purchasable with in-game currency that you earn while playing. But, like, some of these items are only available for the next seven days, five minutes, and 30 seconds. Gotcha. Sorry, seven hours. And I'm like, I that is 100%. You're going to be able to buy this virtual currency. If it's like, oh, but I really want those those skates, I guess I'd better buy some currency to get them before they go in seven hours. And yeah, like, that's, don't like that's that. That's going to be the monetization. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, with a lot of these games, you're just waiting for that shoe to drop. Just yeah. where where is I, the money? Um, I'm I'm gonna do some very quick maths on how much currency I've earned in games so far. I've earned four thousand in four matches, about a thousand a match. Um, I would have to play maybe twenty one matches, I think, to get one of these like very expensive, only here for seven hours items. And considering a match is about five minutes, twenty matches is, uh, yeah. You get what twelve? So uh, under two hour hours, and a half. you could probably get that. A little more than hour, hour, hour and a half. Yeah, hour and a half's not bad actually. I mean, an compared hour and a half to playing to yeah. get one of those like expensive items in the shop. Other games have taken a lot more of a liberty with that shit. Well, it's young. Yeah, man. give it time. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, early days and if, Ubisoft. Yeah, if if the balancing here is indicative of the final game in terms of like how fast you earn stuff and what stuff costs. Every one or two matches, I could afford to buy a new T-shirt or a new pair of skates or something. And that's a that's a decent rate. Yeah. You know, that's that's, that's a really bad, solid actually. rate. I'm kind of happy with that. Yeah. Um, the actual game itself, there's been a couple of nice changes since the the last demo. Um, most of them bringing it slightly more in line with real world roller derby, which is kind of nice. Um, they've started putting in things like whips, which is where basically one player kills all their momentum so the other person can like throw themselves off and go faster oh, uh, when you, you said whips now. i thought that they were like indiana jones shit and they could just like I'm... grab people's well, ankles and pull them and go yeah almost sort of like that because you're grabbing the yeah. the player behind you and pulling them oh, forward you're yeah. killing your own momentum to pass oh, it to i see yeah i see it's that now like, let's, say, let's say there's someone in front of you you'd grab them by the waist and basically throw them backwards to throw you forwards gotcha like in that bit at the end of final fantasy Seven Advent Children when they're all throwing Cloud up in the air and they're like, "Oh, get up there and hit him!" Pretty, and he hits pretty him. much that on roller skates. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So like, yeah. roller derby is Final Fantasy Seven on roller skates. <laughs> exactly. Um, but on top of that, they've added just some nice little touches. Like you can now skate backwards rather than having to turn around and skate forward. You can just do backwards skating, which is mm -hmm. that's a really nice little touch. Um, it seems a lot more stable than it did last time. I'm having a lot fewer issues with people glitching through floors and stuff, so hooray, it's improving. Um, honestly, it's the same as it was. It's much the same core game as it was back at E3, and that's not a slight on it in the in the least. Mm -hmm. It still feels really fucking fun to play. They've added a couple more arenas to play in. The core gameplay is just really fun, though. It's like a five, five, six minute ma maximum match. Nice, simple mechanics. I'm really loving this game. I'm very keen to play it. I have, uh, I'm in the alpha. I just didn't have time to play it yet because it just became available today. So I'm. It, it was literally the minute this podcast, like our recording time, happened. This went live. So I've been, I've been like, oh yeah, that's great wrestling chat. I'm gonna shut the fuck up and play some of this. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I've almost got enough money to get to get some hair to not be bald. Yay. I think one more match and I'll be able to not be bald. Good stuff. Yeah. It's uh, here's the thing. I'm 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 looking I'm looking around this in-game store and I'm like literally everyone I've played games with so far has looked identical pretty much because other than body shape it's like okay you're all wearing exactly the same outfit but I'm like G- give it an hour till people have started unlocking some custom bits of gear. Yeah. Oh, oh this is going to oh this is going to be oh, I'm I love this game. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're having fun with it. Time. Very yeah. good to know. Anyway, uh, what have you lot both been playing this week? Nothing particularly new or interesting for me. I, I finished Shovel Knight. Um, I, yeah? Yeah, I just had the King Knight campaign that I was about halfway through last week and wrapped that up. It's fine. Um, not my favorite of the campaigns. I think that that's Spectre Knight. I really enjoyed the aerial combat and the sort of juggling aspect of the character that you have there. Um mm. But it's fine. I guess a big part of it is I just didn't care about the card game that they threw into King Knight's campaign. Yeah, it's... They were definitely trying to go, like, we have all these assets, what new mechanics can we think of to reuse some of them? And some of those are better than others. Yeah, and I mean, it's not even that the card game is bad. I think the card game is actually pretty good. It's just not something that particularly it, it's, holds appeal it's for me. It's not what you were looking for out of Shovel Knight. Yeah, it's, and, and it's, but that's okay, because there is so much variety throughout that entire package that it's, it's impossible to complain. Or it would be foolish, I suppose, to complain about not being interested in what really isn't necessary at all to interact with beyond an introduction. Uh, so yeah uh enjoyed that it's such a charming fun game and i played a little bit of the showdown mode which is the oh yeah the multiplayer focused uh you know like battle arena type game i played a few of those stories and you know credit to them they they also did a great job of making all of that a side story that feels entirely separate from the rest of the campaigns and yet narratively fits in like, every character that you can play in showdown mode has a story that sort of talks about something that they were doing right in the events just before the main Shovel Knight campaign and story begins. And that's really cool. Um, and they've done a good job with it. It's, it's fun, and I kind of... I'm tempted to just go ahead and play through all of the single-player story mode stuff for showdown just to fill in those gaps because all of the characters are really interesting and fun and uh i haven't played it with anybody i'm sure it's great you know it has a very the game it makes me think of is like a killer queen black which i guess is now on switch um but i had i had played it previously in its arcade incarnation because it would pop up at events from time to time you'd go out and oh there's an eight-player killer queen machine here that is novel and fun i will now try and find seven people that can stand my presence for (laughs) 10 minutes while we play it um great game a lot of fun i i need to pick up well i say that i say i need to pick up killer queen black on switch but i don't again have anybody to play those sorts of games with anymore so i probably won't but i love that sort of local competitive smash brothers level kind of you know you don't have to take it too seriously because it's just kind of fun. Uh, variety in ways of victory, you know, get your gems or, you know, eliminate your enemy's stock. Yeah, it's 
it's good. It's real good. Um, it's. I hope people play it. Actually, is the kind of thing because it's good enough that it deserves to be played by people. But it's also like the extra side mode at the end of four single player, you know, yeah. campaigns that they've produced. I, I feel like it will probably yeah. be largely forgotten, which is unfortunate. I, I I don't know if the numbers support it, but I. I feel like there was a real drop-off in people sticking with those as they released. Like, considerably fewer people played each one. Well, that's that's always the way, too. I mean, you just yeah. you look at even just game completion in general, and that's something I knock on a lot about. But the percentage of people who complete games, it's single digits. Yeah. And which is why I also People can't, can't even watch a whole YouTube video all the way through. Right. The, the, you look at the... the statistics on youtube videos even like a 10 minute one like half of them are yeah. gone before it's over oh that's got to be so disheartening from the perspective of somebody who is like trying to make a piece of art mm-hmm. knowing yeah. that almost nobody is going to see not i mean not even in the entirety of your art because that's effectively impossible in the context of a video game but to just to see the end of the story you're trying to yeah. tell um that's that sucks well they should make better games well <laughs> that's a way to that's a perspective i suppose <laughs> what have you been playing jim uh all right what do you want to hear about i got two i mean we'll get to both of them because they're both worth mentioning but laura do, would you rather hear right now about neo 2 or call of duty warzone uh, Call of Duty's Warzone. I have opinions on, so I could I could maybe chime in on that. One. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about Call of Duty Warzone. It is a Call of Duty Battle Royale. End of discussion. That sure is what it is. Yeah, I will say this: it's the most fun I've had with Call of Duty in years. Um, yeah. Given that I can actually enjoy it. Um, recently, with uh, um, the the I say recently, the past five fucking Call of Duty games. I stopped playing the multiplayer off because it had been so honed for a very particular crowd. That crowd being people yeah. who do nothing but play Call of Duty. And well, I that's, I that's just a... felt I was experienced yeah. out of the loop. Um, this has reset yeah. it. So, yeah, it, it, it feels like playing an old Call of Duty game again. But also with the, the usual Battle Royale trappings, which is fine. <laughs> That's a lot of enthusiasm. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if it's because there's like a hundred people in a much larger map and far fewer pla- uh, far more places people could be, or because it's only just released and people haven't memorized it yet, but yeah, it feels a lot less like I'm going to get murdered because I didn't know the one sniper tower that if I'm not there, I'm going to die. Yeah, yeah. I think a part of that is going to be the, the nature of it. Uh, of it being yeah. new you know people haven't found all the good hidey holes yet and they will um but at the same time those games typically are by their design more open uh yeah. more variable it's... you're always going to yeah. get a mix of different people in there if if this takes off then you will get a lot more than just the hardcore card crowd so i feel like this is this is the most accessible Call of Duty has been in a long, long time. Yeah. But it's also obviously... gotten that way by being yeah. another Battle Royale. But here's the thing. Honestly, the, the casual crowd coming in is what I need for me to not hate this game. Yes, I yes. need other people oh, yeah. who suck that I can play with. Yeah, yeah, if I don't feel the slightest bit competitive, 
then I mean, I'm already not interested going in, but if I can't feel like I can place in the top half of the game, then what's the fucking point for me? I'm just cannon fodder for someone else. Yeah. And it, it just helps that I get on with Battle Royales more than other multiplayer FPSs. Um, I can get decent yeah. at one with a, a bit of time, but Battle Royales, there's just something about... Even if you're really good at it, there's still this variable element that gives a little more evenness to the playing field. Yeah. I've found, I, anyway. I, I feel like part of it as well for me is because there's so much chaos, uh, I can go unnoticed at points. Mm, better yes. than I can in other shooters. It's and a great game what... for cowards, I've found. Yeah. And because your only end goal is to stay alive usually in them, it's like, well, I, I, I can be a coward and I can still do well. There you go. Cowardice is a valid strategy. But, I mean, the biggest issue it has is that it's a Call of Duty Battle Royale. In a, in a, a genre where we've got this bright and colourful Fortnite, we've got Apex Legends with this sort of these almost hero shooter qualities, a little bit of Overwatch's sense of, of heroic characters, um, and just a, 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 it's set in the Titanfall universe, so it's got this distinct visual aesthetic. Going to Call of Duty, it's basically like another PUBG at this point, from a style and atmospheric standpoint. You, you fly a, across this map, and they've got names like, you know, Downtown, Boneyard, Oh, okay. And it's all grey and drab. Um, and it's just... I'm not sure... I don't know, maybe there is a market for that. I mean, PUBG, of course, was, was mega popular before Fortnite came along. But it, it just doesn't excite me as much as any other Battle Royale I've played. Just because... Well, it's that same issue I have with Anthem and, and The Division and, and Breakpoint. Is you've got this loot... And it's just guns, just grey guns. Mm -hmm. um, and they've got skins on all this stuff coming and everything, but it's still just regular assault rifles and, and light machine guns and shotguns. It just it doesn't have any wackiness to it, mm -hmm. um, which would be fine if this came out a couple of years ago, I think. But I just feel like there are so many more interesting... Um, diverse things that people have done with battle royales that this feels like a little bit of a step back yeah i feel like there's two ways that you can <clears throat> i feel like there's, there's two ways that that can be approached for a battle royale at this point you either have to have some kind of you know visual or character or you know some hook that's different that makes you stand out or you have to be the most mechanically perfect yeah, battle well, royale experience you can have, and Call I, of Duty I, has the potential I, to do that, but I feel like they think they've got that hook, and they entirely believe that hook is, we are Call of Duty, and we are a battle royale, and we are free. Do you want a free Call of Duty? That I mean, is a battle royale. It may we yet are a make Call the of money. Duty battle royale. Yeah. It doesn't. It may not excite my imagination the way a game like Apex Legends did, but. Call of Duty Battle Royale. I mean, it's not a, it's not a stupid move. No. On behalf of Activision, it's not a huge guaranteed success, but it's also it's you, know, the... you apply some resources to it, yeah. and you can have an expectation of getting some return. Yes, and I think they've, 
they've rolled this out in a smart way, having it sort of piggyback off of Modern Warfare the way it does. So I can't fault them from a business standpoint. Um, speaking of, I've not properly dug into the Battle Pass and the storefront, but it's all there. Um, plenty of ways that they, they can make money off of this. I will say I like their gulag mechanic. <laughs> it's got the best <laughs> gulag mechanics I've ever seen in a game. Do, do um, explain the gulag yeah, mechanics. It's an interesting way to keep you in the fight, because Apex Legends did that as well. This uh, Not just reviving you if you're downed, but another way to respawn someone, bring them back so that you don't just ditch your team when you die. Um, and there's always this this shot you could you could keep playing. So in Call of Duty, if you get killed, you're thrown into the gulag. Um, you get a nice little cutscene of some mysterious men just sort of dragging you into this castle, basically throwing you in a cell, and then you get a chance to fight for the ch- uh, for an opportunity to get back into the battlefield. So you spawn in this gulag. You're looking down into this little arena where two people are fighting, and you can throw rocks in there if you want. You just throw rocks at the other people who are trying to get back into the game or just run around punching other people. But sooner or later, and it's pretty quick, you get thrown into this little arena yourself. It's you, another player who died, and then you've basically just got a pistol each and you've got to kill each other. Lasts a couple seconds at most. Um, But if you kill them, you get thrown back into the fight. You respawn and you can rejoin your team. So I kind of like that. I like that. And even if you die then, you can get bought back um, with cash you find in the game. But it, but I, I do like that idea that you get this chance to fight another person who got killed for the chance to respawn. Mechanically, I think it's really interesting. Narratively, I have a lot of questions. There are a lot of questions <laughs> about what this gulag is. Who's running it? Why? <laughs> What jurisdiction do they have to drag you away? Right. <laughs> what what's is, what's the skin in it for them? Is it just to witness the gladiatorial combat that they're putting you through, or are they making something on the side? Like, are they the ones profiting from when your team buys you back? Because if so, why do they give you an opportunity to get out for free? Unless they're charging tickets to see those fights. But the only spectators are other people who have been thrown into the gulag. So I don't think this is a sustainable business model <laughs> for the gulag. Now, I know I mean, that, that discussing mean, gulag economics gulag. is not what we're here to do, but I'm very no, are concerned. We not, are, are we not a gulag economics podcast? Yeah, yeah, we should be from now on. Let's, let's, let's pivot. Change gears. Pivot. Yep. I mean, E3's been cancelled with the coronavirus, so video games are not where it's at right now. All gulags we talk going for I mean, if you're running a gulag, you're not going to care about coronavirus. That's the one part of this business model that could act you and be future-proof. Yeah, it's, it's a corona-proof plan. There's no way it can go wrong whatsoever. It's tight, isolated corridors with a whole bunch of people, coronavirus running rampant. What could happen? Yeah. It's perfect. Uh, you know, and then, and then you know, okay, so you might lose some merchandise along the way, oh, but obviously. but we call that shrinkage. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just it's it's the cost of doing business. Everybody who goes into it expects it. A What's important bit. is the gulags investors won't feel it. Right, they yeah. won't feel it. They won't. They won't see a single problem from yeah. that. No, pull take your money out of tech companies right now. Put in, them into gulags. Put them into gulags. Uh, they're the they're the only business that will survive. <laughs> 
People who sell paper face masks and people who run gulags, they're the ones who are going to profit. That's so. That's it going forward. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Modern Warfare Warzone or Call of Duty Warzone or whatever they want to call it. It's... I'm not having a bad time with it. Um, it did make me want to kind of play Apex Legends again, but I get once I've been out of a live service game for too long, I'm not going back. I've missed too much. Yeah, um, that's one of the issues with them. Well, the, and the skill plateau is so much higher yeah. from that. You know, if you take time off that yeah. you're not training, training to play a video game, fuck me. It's. <laughs> uh, I mean. I mean, I get your point, but also I'm gonna fucking train to play this roller derby oh, game. Oh no, that's fine. That's fine. Oh yeah, I'm I mean, if you that, that's okay. You, I'm you just know, saying, if I got good at the yeah. roller derby game and then took a couple months, I would never pick it up again just because I wouldn't oh, feel encouraged. Yeah, the skill discrepancy 100%. between you and everyone else would be so vast at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I'll play this Call of Duty a little bit more, I think, till I get proper bored, and that'll be that. So, it's not a disaster. I went in with lower expectations, and, and so it did surpass those. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. I like when you pick up a gas mask every time you do it. It goes, dun, 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 because it's good gear. But there's quite a lot of them, and sometimes you forget you've got a gas mask on, so you can just swap it and keep hearing it go, dun, 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 which is good noise. I like it. It makes you feel like you've done something good, even if you just picked up a gas mask. Which will protect you from the gas. That's what shrinks the little circle in this game. It's just some gas. Just oh, some so gas. wait, so hang on. So there's also chemical warfare being deployed in this. Yes. Now, I can't tell you whether the, the mustard gas company <laughs> also has shares in the gulag <laughs> industry. <laughs> I'm not sure if those are two different or if it's like, you know, the I think it's all part of the military industrial complex. Some, yeah. You've got investors in one. You're probably going into the other. That, they call that vertical integration. I think. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've got to diversify your portfolio <laughs> in a war as well as in fast food. If you've, so if you've got shares about... in KFC, oh. then you probably want a couple in Burger King mm -hmm. just in case the chicken falls through. If people start to get, you know, wary of yum foods, which mm -hmm. I I always like to point out the name of a major company that owns thousands of restaurants worldwide and we should trust is called Yum Foods yum with foods. an exclamation point in well, the name. I know now know that their food really is yummy. Yum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm thinking mm, I want some food, but I also want it to taste good. Ah. Yum foods. Yum foods. There's there an exclamation guys. point. Are, are you saying I shouldn't be buying from yuck foods? No. 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 They supply the gruel for the gulags. <laughs> yuck food. Yum foods. Get a tasty chicken. Yuck foods. Beaks and bumholes. Beaks and bumholes going into a stew to be fed to the gulag men while they're throwing rocks at their friends. <laughs> Is there a gulag in Neo 2? No, there is no gulag in Neo 2. There are only yokai. The kind of Japanese demon. So, I've, I've not started on it only because I'm busy with some like other work things this week, but how is that Neo 2? That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm getting on with the game a lot more now that I've come to respect armor values because I was playing this the way I play Dark Souls, which is, I don't give a fuck about armor values, just dress me up nice. 
Um, but here it really makes a difference. A so massive you can't just difference. just do the I'm never going to get hit if I'm playing right anyway method. Yeah, that's how I normally do it. I'm like, you shouldn't... It. I don't know why I tell myself that, because I still get hit all the time in Dark Souls. But I tell myself, shouldn't get hit, that's why I'm going to wear this funny little mask I found and this dress, and not this armour that is possibly useful. Because in Dark Souls, armour is not the most crucial thing. In Neo 2, and I, I guess... I guess the first one, I just I don't remember armor being that crucial in the first, but here I really felt it because I'm I was getting one hit killed by pretty much everything while running around saying, Oh, look at me, I'm dressed like a ninja. I am a shinobi and then anything would hit me, like kill me in one hit. Um I was stuck on this one area with one of those fucking demons with the one leg that hop up and fucking down, and it was hitting me one hit every time. And then I just put on a bit of armor, and then I could actually survive, and then did quite well with it. So now that I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have just this one heavy set of armor that I keep on, a, like just near me at all times in the inventory, um, because yeah, it made more of a difference than I remember it making. Um, but now that I've done that, it's a really good game. I mean, it takes a lot of stuff what works in the first Neo and adds a lot of customization because you're, you're playing your own character now. There's a decent little character creator. Um, I wouldn't say it's as... It doesn't let you be as flamboyant as something like Code Vein, but it certainly... It might even be a little step above Dark Souls. You make a... You make a good character with it. Um, and other than that, it's... It feels more challenging than the first one did more immediately. Um, even the little enemies, you just you can't take even the little scrubs lightly because even with some decent armor they'll take off a chunk of change um but otherwise it's just more neo and that's fine lots of weapons absolutely tons of gear to pick up just almost too much every time you go into the menu there's that little yellow exclamation point um which you can customize when and when when and where that disappears and appears um that's about it. It's it's just a lot more Neo. Honestly, um, more Neo is all I yeah. really needed it to be. Although, when I played it at first, it had English dubbing. And then okay. I, I updated it so that it could go online. And then they all spoke Japanese. And I don't know how you switch it back. Normally <laughs> with a game like this, I wouldn't. Like with y- Yakuza, Judgment, those kinds of games i keep the original japanese it just that's how i came into that series it feels weird to have english voices but i really liked the english voice acting um when it was there by default in neo 2 um it's a lot of when i say english as well like english um british a lot of british um voice actors in this and they were really quite good uh, and but i don't know how to get them back uh, I went through all the menus. It's it's going to be in there somewhere, but I just I I can't find it again. Um, which is you know the Japanese voice acting is is you know perfectly serviceable. It it does what it does. Um, if if the English voice acting wasn't on by default, I probably would have stuck with the Japanese. But but I really like the voice actor who's doing the um sort of your main ally, this sort of peddler merchant character. I really liked his voice acting. It was very nice to listen to. 
So hopefully I find that again. Um, but yeah, good, good, solid game. Feels tougher than the first one did. Um, a lot of demons, a lot of new powers and things. There's a really nice little uh, mechanic that's similar to Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow or Bloodstained where you can equip attacks that summon or give you the weapon or limb or body part of a, a demon, of a yokai, after you've defeated them. Um, so there's a lot of stuff to play with there as well. Um, if you like customization and menus and fiddling with things, there is that stuff for days. And that's nice. that, more or less. I, I see no reason why anyone who liked the first won't really like this one. I have an update on Roller Champions. Uh-oh. Uh, I have I have hair now. I'm not bald anymore, and I jumped through a hoop rather than throwing the ball through it, and like it did a bunch of fireworks because because I should jump through the hoop to score the points. I fucking love this game. Well, that's right. I'm, you sound like you're genuinely I mean, excited by it. I'm, yeah. I'm having a real fucking good time. <laughs> that is great. So, so yeah. what else happened this week? In... Should we talk about E3 getting cancelled? E3 got cancelled. Coronavirus, yeah. isn't it? Bloody coronavirus. Yeah. I'm sick of so, it. Can I, can I say my favourite thing about this story, which is that before the ESA <laughs> broke the news, Devolver Digital were just like, fuck it, we're going to tell you. <laughs> that sounds they about right, tweeted, yeah. Like, yeah, they were like, hey, cancel your fucking flights and hotels to E3, everyone, just fucking saying. Wow. Did they yeah, add the that's... fucking? Um, Did they add the fucking? I'd... I don't think the fucking was oh. there, but it was. They, It'd they be were on very brand. aggressively be on brand. book your ho- uh, cancel your hotels and flights right right yeah. now. Like do it. I think it was inevitable. I mean, the amount of things well, that was... have been cancelled. Yeah, there was that. There was that news that like, okay, we're we're considering reconsidering it because of the the LA coronavirus situation, and it was gonna happen. Okay, but when was the show supposed to happen? That's typically like a uh, June, June thing. So well, this. March, yeah. April, May. I mean, cancelling three months out is well, his, significant. His, I, I was having this, this thought, like, why cancel it now? And I'm like, well, if they cancel it now, people have a chance of getting their money back to hotels. <coughs> oh, and no, flights. no, no. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It's 100% like the best choice for everyone for them to make this decision early and then, you know, just start the plan for the next year yeah. or something else. Because we saw what happened with GDC. Yeah. Where. Yeah. You know, everybody started pulling out of that, and now we have all... And that is a show that, oh my god, you think about the amount of money that small developers wind up putting in to Mm -hmm. go to that show and watching them just take it for the show being cancelled. Good on the ESA for having the foresight to say this could potentially be a problem in a show that already has problems. Yeah. This is the thing, is I think they were already getting a lot of negative buzz around this year's E3, and it's like, maybe it helps them anyway just to take a year off and be a year separated from, like, the whole we doxed all the press story. Um, Oh, I'm not going to let them forget that. Oh, no, we're not going to let them forget, but I feel like they might hope that people will forget. In fact, if you have already registered for your E3 passes and you're returning, don't worry, they can still leak all of your personal information. It'll be fine. They can can sort that bit out. Yeah. That part of the E3 experience will remain. Uh, So no worries there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the ESA at all. Never have, never will. Uh, They did do the right thing here. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's, you know, I is it disapp- I'm not that disappointed, frankly. I, that- here's, here's the thing. I I honestly think this will in the long term be a good thing for what E3 ends up being because it will it will usher in everyone realizing they can just do Nintendo Directs on that same week for much cheaper. It should just be a digital event. Yeah. yeah, but you can't and, and I, I I watched uh, a bit of a conversation going on with uh, some other people, uh, specifically uh, Nick Chester, who used to be our boss, mm-hmm. um, was pointing out, and this is incredibly true, the opportunity that you get from face-to-face meetings with yes. developers in terms of being able to develop stories and get news and and get it out there, it's not the same. That's true. You really can't do yeah. it. We, we we might have a bit of an issue, a bit of a staffing issue in marketing later this year because game journalists no longer have an opportunity to get into their PR jobs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could uh, be rough. Uh, but no, I mean, I, in fairness, you you look at, I mean. <laughs> You say, you know, we have this opportunity when we meet face-to-face. And yes, sure, almost no one ever effectively capitalizes on it. But you still lament the fact that the opportunity isn't there for the half-dozen people who are dedicated, good journalists who might uncover something of value in that story. It's also important for the opportunity to build those relationships that will possibly give you the opportunity to get some information on the other 11 months yeah. of the year that someone might not have wanted you to know. Jason Scryer uh, did point out that for like indie developers and game pitches and yeah. actually getting like not just the press but yeah. within the well, industry developers and stuff. We forget so point. easily because you know coming from a consumer perspective or a press perspective that this is a industry event. This it, it has traditionally been a place where smaller developers have the opportunity to pitch and sell their game to a publisher. Yeah. And yeah. we don't hear about that because those are the meetings going on on the second floor that, you know, the yeah. press never yeah. gets to see. And so I, I do think that they're, it's unfortunate for a lot of reasons, still 100% the right call. And I, my hope is that they can use this time to develop a new show that is maybe a little less dependent on the big publishers all turning up because if if nothing else they are going to accept that they don't need that show after yeah. this I, yeah here's the thing i i very much think that we have a bit of a trajectory that has started happening and and i feel like is inevitable at this point which is last year's doxing made press scared to come back to e3 this year no public going, which is going to shoot in the foot their plans of trying to turn this into a big advertorial thing. All the companies this year are going to pivot their stage shows into being live streams, and that's probably going to be the future of their conferences going forward, no matter what E3 looks like after that. I think a lot of indie developers will shift over to GDC instead, and that's why they'll have those uh, behind-closed-doors meetings with publishers. And I feel like E3 is going to have a really tough time coming back in 2021 and saying, please come back and have stage conferences and all the publishers bring their games and the indie devs come back and the press come back and please make it what it was before. Like, I feel like this year's gap came at the worst possible time for the ESA to not lose what it was. I mean, it's not... Yeah, the timing is as bad as it could be, I think. It's, It's off the back of... 
another year where people had a reason to be skeptical of coming back and i think it's people are going to look at alternatives of how can we avoid going back to e3 well and that's here's the th the thing is if this hadn't happened like we're, we're looking at this as oh you know the, the e3 is over but we should probably be looking at it as an opportunity for e3 to figure out what kind of a show they can put on that is sustainable and does benefit them and the industry. Well, my, my worry there is they had that plan for this year. Well, they had and that it plan. it was horrible. They had that plan in 2008 and 2009, too. You remember, they scaled back the show a little over 10 years ago. I remember ago. it, yeah. Yeah, they split it up. Yeah. They had, instead of it all taking place in L.A., they foolishly, like, just put it everywhere and people yeah. were traveling to hotel meetings and that was a disaster but something on that scale scale yeah. you know it down what I would love to you know what i would love to see next year them go oh god we can't invite this many people to one place because it's a it is a germ infested nightmare let's scale it back to being a a more curated press event again well the problem is it won't be a curated press event in future no, it will be a curated instagram viable. personality oh, event God, yeah, tiktok be, and that's what their plan was for this year the 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 experience and the cutainment they were going to have like it was just going to be this tacky consumer event um at least that was what yeah. was penciled in so can There's say, nothing there stopping them from doing that next yeah. year because there, there, that might be the yeah. route they have to go to stay so, relevant. There is a quote they've given in their cancelling of E3 statement that I think is interesting because it kind of touches on that, and I'll just read it in full for a second. We thank everyone who shared their views on reimagining E3 this year. Okay, they're aware of the fact that, you know, lots of people didn't views. like it. Views uh, is a word. Yeah. Views, yeah. <laughs> uh, we look forward to bringing you E3 2021 as a reimagined event that brings fans, media, and the industry together in a showcase that celebrates the global game industry. Influences. So to me, that sounds like they don't plan... Hmm. They, they still want it to be an event that press and huge numbers of the public come to, even if it's maybe not that plan that leaked. And I, I hate to sound like that asshole who says, get the public out of these events, but it was never meant for them. And... Yeah, no, Gamescom. That like Gamescom is two months later, and Gamescom is, hey, do you, do you want to play the E three games? Here they are for the public. Yes, yeah, that's and that's fine. Like it, it people, look, the games are coming out in six months. It's not yeah. a big deal. The problem is, if they want E three to stick around, they probably have to open it up to the public. Or they could just fucking scale the show down. They could, but will they? No. No. That's the problem. It only needs one of those convention halls. Yes. I, 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 it should be scaled back. Companies have pulled out, you know, long before the coronavirus oh, thing. Yeah, this, companies I mean, this were, is a trend that's been ongoing. Back. Yeah. It's for a long time been a very expensive albatross. I would argue that E3 and events like E3 um, were a major contributor to the downfall of THQ. Because mm -hmm. the amount they would spend. Oh, their oh my boots God. They were, were outrageous. They were lavish to the ludicrous nth degree. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this, this is E3. Two-thirds of the major console manufacturers weren't going to have a physical no. conference or presence there in a year where next-generation consoles were going to be announced. Like, 
this was already a year of massive change. Yeah, and and you know, with with the rise of social media and every company, every person almost having a a, a means of live streaming stuff on oh, a direct connection yeah. to their audience, they they can yeah. just. It's so low cost. You need a Twitch channel. Sony needs a Twitch channel to get their news out about the PS5. Yeah. Microsoft, they need to. Well, they'd use Mixer, wouldn't they? But you <laughs> just need. Yeah, but who the, gets an account on the internet, and you can get your information out there, and millions will see it. But then you don't get Yacht Club. They aren't going to be able to capitalize on the level of focus and attention that's being applied no. to the event. You no, know? they won't. You're and not that is going. It, it's it, this is a situation that is ultimately only going to benefit those at the top of the industry who have the resources and the eyeballs already on them. Like every situation, well, yeah. But at least, yeah. at least under the prior situation, there'd be things that would crack through. Yeah. You know, I'm wearing a Woe Dave shirt right now which I yeah. played at E3 2013 is never going to be a big hit, but I guarantee no one would have heard about it if Choice Provisions yeah. hadn't been able I to mean, be I mean, I will say, though, that we, we do have packs. We do we have do packs We do have now. other events. Yeah. E3, I mean, I would, I would argue that E3 is not the best place for those games anyway because they're only going to be overshadowed by all the other news. I, I would say indies at events like packs would benefit and do benefit so much more. Maybe. I just, yeah. I think I think that there is something to be said for a one-week period where absolutely everybody's eyes are fixated on one place I, and one event. But I, I see your I, point. I still feel like there would be a real benefit to having a, here is the indie live stream section of E3. Here is where you can find out about a bunch of indie stuff. And that is the thing I've been, I would like to happen. I'm trying to see if that is the thing that could happen, but... You know. I think that E3 um, every year should should feature a live video of uh, Reggie fils and me Bring him back. Well, uh, he is back. Yeah. That's in the oh, news. Yeah, Reggie's GameStop. back. Oh, yeah. yeah. GameStop now, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's on the board of directors at GameStop. Oh, sorry, his first day is 420. Yep. <laughs> he's going to ask the boardroom if they would like some doobie, because he will come in full of doobies. He'll say, I ate so many doobies before I came in. I imagine him as the sort that has, like, <coughs> one of those nice leather cigar holders that he keeps in his front breast pocket, and, you know, you open it up, and it's nothing but fat fucking doobies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it large. Yeah, Reggie fils is back. I wonder how much they paid him to be at GameStop. I mean, he ran... Uh, he, he was very heavily involved in one of the three major you know console manufacturers for many many years yes. he probably knows the information he needs to to be good at that job oh i mean i've got no doubt i yeah, mean like the guy was a huge help to nintendo back in the day when they weren't so hot um if you're gonna bring I, someone in to help GameStop's yeah. flailing business C- he's as good a guy as any yeah considering what kind of a nightmare situation their finances are in the money's probably worth it to get... Like, if anyone can turn him around, it might well be him. Yeah. And he'll be fine. I mean, if if, if it fails, you know, he's got his golden parachute, yeah. I'm sure. But it's interesting that he's back in games again. Yeah, I, I was fully expecting him to go back to fast food. It's like, ah, it's McDonald's CEO Reggie Fieser, hey? Yeah. <laughs> what happens at start? Was he a Pizza Hut? Uh, Burger King, if I recall correctly. 
I think it was it one was of the Burger fast King. food places. I think he he was one of the burgers, and he got <laughs> he, up, he got burgers. promoted because he's so beefy. <laughs> Yeah, was there anything else on the list for this week? Just let me have a look. Uh, the the only other thing I kind of wanted to, to mention is, uh, you know that, that one Nintendo PlayStation that exists like anywhere in the world that anyone can find? That, that sold to a private collector at auction who's like, I'm going to start a museum. Oh, I have no experience doing that, but I'm going to show it off. And I'm like, God, couldn't this have been bought by like an actual institution that could have properly uh, yeah. taken care know. of it and kept it in good condition to show off? It's a museum's easy. You just get a room and fill it with old shit. Maybe, I mean, that's just I'm... it. That's all you I, need. I, I don't want to. I don't want to go visit a glass cabinet in some dude's front room. <laughs> Although, if you can afford to spend three hundred grand on a console that doesn't functionally play any games you probably have the money to put together a yeah, make a, fucking can, museum you can hire a museum builder and get one on yeah. craigslist i built yeah. museums reasonable so, prices so maybe one day people will be able to go and look at that and go oh that was made that existed yeah but not quite yet there's a place in pittsburgh conrad showed it to me it's right around the corner from the rice stronghold where i do the shows um there's a little tiny, looks like a tiny little video game store, little used game store, and then you ask the man to let you in the other room, and then it's massive and it's oh. full of like rare stuff and consoles and display stands. Like there's an old Game Boy display unit where the uh, the Game Boy set in. Um, really good stuff in there. Yeah, really it's a cool shop. Stuff. <laughs> so. Th- if if he if he wants to put more things in his museum, he can go there. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I played this week is I kept playing more uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, which I need to hurry up with because the sequel came out now. But um, yeah, I I that game is really good, but I continue to feel like it. I would have enjoyed it more with a traditional checkpointing system, where just every time I completed a tough section of platforming and landed it back in a safe area, there would be a checkpoint there. Rather than that, that whole, did you save up a checkpoint crystal? Did you know this would be bad? No, you don't get a checkpoint then. Um, and I feel like that game plays a lot better later in the game once you have a lot of its movement options. Um, I, I honestly think that Ori in the Blind Forest would have been a better game if you had the double jump and the ability to wall jump right from the start of the game. Mm-hmm. Of the game's like 12, 14 abilities, just give those two at the start, because so much of my early frustration was to do with, I cannot land on top of this very small platform properly because I have no ability to course correct. Um, the narrative of the game is nice. I kind of wish that it, hmm, for the most part, it tells its story through just like environmental storytelling, uh, like the level designs, the ways characters interact with no words. The times that it does stop and have a narrator tell you some words about what's happening in the story, actively bad. I wish they weren't there. I think it would be a better story if it was just allowed to tell its story wordlessly, as it so often does well. Yeah. Um, But I mean, like, I'm having a very good time with it. Now I have a lot of those late-game abilities, it is a very enjoyable, uh, tough platformer meets Metroidvania kind of thing. I'm very excited to play the sequel where there are just 
standard fucking checkpoints. Because I have died like 900 times so far, and I I don't like having to replay stuff that I've already completed like 8 or 9 that times, and I've done it, and I've done it good, and mm-hmm. I don't want to redo it. Yeah, I, I didn't care much for the first story game, and that was yeah. I found it very annoying. I I was I was thinking back on other hard platformers that I have enjoyed, and I was like, Sylvester's the one I keep coming back to, and I'm like, that was fantastic, and every single time you clear a screen, and it's never very long to do that, it's a checkpoint. You never have to re- replay anything beyond the screen you're currently on and trying to beat. And just not making me repeat stuff I've already done successfully makes yeah. me so much more patient with a tough platformer. Yeah, so, and, it, it, and it turns um, each screen into its own individual puzzle. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna push through and finish it. I mean, not for like a week and a half because I've got Roller Champions. To well, play, I'm gonna get back to it. Um, but like, I'm enjoying it enough that I want to play a sequel. I I think it's got some great ideas that I just want to see polished. So. If the sequel's a better place to jump in, maybe that'll... I, I, I want to give the sequel a go and go, like, is it okay to just jump in here? Because it sounds like it's it's addressing the stuff that's been annoying me in this playthrough. Alrighty. Yeah, I think that's, that's everything I've played. I think I've that's played. the I lot. I everything we had on the topic list. I think that's everything. I think we've bashed this out pretty good. Um, pretty good. Yeah, and we've only got 15 minutes in the studio left anyway. So, Laura... Can you tell the lovely listeners where they can uh, find out all of your things on the internet, please? Uh, Laura K. Buzz in all of the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, You can see me streaming Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, on Twitch. Because America's time zones have changed and England's haven't, the times are slightly different right now. So for the next few weeks, it's going to be 9 p.m. UK, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I will be streaming lots and lots of Roller Champions for the next, like, week and a bit, probably, because this demo's not around for long and I'm, I'm having a good time with it. But uh, other than that, laurakbuzz.com, you can find links to everything I publish on there, be it written articles, videos, podcasts. Uh, I did a freelance feature about Animal Crossing and uh, Asperger's for fandom.com that you can find there. Um other than that i've got some books uncomfortable labels it's out now it's about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum it's out where books are sold or is an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com um things i learned from mario's butt it's coming out in october or earlier if you back it on unbound there's very little time to back it on unbound left so do that if you want to get some rewards or get it slightly earlier i'm on some podcasts as well um there's pixel squirt where i talk about video game pornography there is Tonal Whiplash, where I ask alternating serious and silly questions to various guests. Uh, we had Tanya DePass on our most recent episode. It was a fantastic one. She's always great to chat I like to. Tanya. Yeah, Tanya's lovely. Uh, we, had a, we had a lovely little 40-minute chat. Some really interesting stuff came out of that. Uh, I'm on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where I talk about things that aren't exclusively video games while doing silly voices and skits. And there's Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, and six. They're all self-contained stories. Season six is just about to finish up. We're about to do season seven, which I'm going to be on. And so is Conrad. Oh my gosh, so I am. Yes, that's correct. Um, You can hear me on Dice Funk. You can also find me on Twitter at Conrad Zimmerman. 
you can purchase audiobooks that I record. I'm so behind. I really wanted to get another book out this week, but it's probably going to be next week at this rate. Um, but you can you can get those at conradreads.com. You can also buy pins. Oh, and this is a thing. Uh, right now, I have uh, have teamed up with the lovely Casey Explosion. Heck, yeah, you've done that thing. I've done that thing. Uh, I've teamed up with her. Uh, we've produced a limited edition pin. Um, it is the LGBT Sloth Month pin. It is available at pinfultruth.com. All of the proceeds from the sale of that pin are going to the Trevor Project, which is an organization that provides support uh, to at-risk uh, LGBT youths. Uh, they provide crisis counseling and uh, wellness and education. Uh, so it's a really good cause. Charity. Yeah, it's a good cause, and we're really happy to you know, be doing something to give them some money. So you can go and buy that if you would like and help out a, a, a good cause. Uh, you can hear me on other podcasts as well, I guess, if, if you want. Uh, I do the spin-off Doctors. We have the new Jumanji The Next Level episode coming fairly soon, I think. I think we'll get that recorded maybe this week. Um, you can hear me on Of Horse of BoJack Horseman Fancast, where I'm talking about that of uh, BoJack Horseman TV show. You can hear me on Boston's Favorite Son maybe this month, if that happens. That man tweeted. He tweeted out some other show. He's like, oh, I know y'all miss boss's favorite son but here's me on some other show yeah. at pax east i can make time for these people but can't <laughs> make time bad. to you know see my friends jim and conrad bastard uh but <laughs> you, can, you can hear that oh and speaking of jim jim you have a patreon don't you i do have a patreon patreon.com slash jimquisition do thank you very much for your support there especially at the moment because i might be moving out again soon in fact i almost certainly will because i hate where i'm at it's horrible, and, and it's run by people I do not trust. So, yeah, if you wonder where some other content's gone, like the live streaming that I, I'm still trying to do, um, it's just very rough at the moment. So I thank you for your patience. Um, you know, we're still getting the Jimquisition out. I'm still p putting up videos and getting the podcasts done. So I'm making the, the you know, I'm, I'm fulfilling my end of the contract. Uh, but it is tough at the moment. It's there's been a lot of upheaval, a lot of stress, a lot of moving around, and like I haven't even moved into where I'm at, and I'm well, I'm not gonna now, but I hadn't for the past few weeks. Just everything's still in boxes because of the logistics of it all. So, you know, there's still that asking Sterling. I started in December. I will finish that. I've not forgotten anything. I've not forgotten any of the stuff. And it weighs but... upon him constantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't stop fretting about it. So, stuff's coming. We will sort it out. But thank you for the support, especially at the moment, because, it, yeah, it's been rough, and, and we will get through it. No worries about that. But your help makes us get through it a lot better and, and allows me to still pay everyone and, and keep stuff running. So, thank you for that, and we will see you next time. Uh, yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.